Welcome, everybody. It's time once again to grab your board, swim out into the sea of ideas. See if you can catch a pipeline, like a sales pipeline, with the number one Super Bowl prognosticator. I've, I'm just waiting to hear his uh, spread for the upcoming Super Bowl. Yeah, forget sales enablement. Let's just talk football. Let's we talk got football. a big game coming. Uh, you know, this might be the first time, Paul, in a while that I've actually looked forward to the game more than the commercials. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, and, and living up here in Seattle, you know, the Seahawks, I guess maybe the, when the Seahawks were playing, that was a little different just because everyone was so froppy about it. But right. um, I don't know. I feel like, you know, we're, you know, the, the, you know, we all we've seen all the commercials or you can go to YouTube and see all the commercials. <laughs> yeah, it's not like right. you know, it's a big surprise. Right. Um, and most of the commercials are tied to a multi-channel campaign where it's not just one 30 second ad. It's a bunch of other stuff. Exactly. Um, and you've got a very David versus Goliath game coming up. Yeah. There. It's right. going to be fun. So what, what's your what's your prediction? What do you think is going to happen? I guess I got to go with uh, the, with the old U of M uh, alumni here. I got to go with Tom Brady one more time. I can't believe I'm saying it. I keep thinking he, this is can't be one more. I can't get there again. And he's done. He's already won everything you can win. But it seems like one more in the in the offing here. Clearly, I think you know that's sort of that's the safe bet. And I think what's interesting, you know, as we we've got live listeners on Sales Pipeline Radio today, where we're all kind of guessing what's going to happen. I think the majority of people on our podcast are going to be listening to this after the Super Bowl, um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays. I don't know. I, I think the the safe bet is is certainly the Patriots, but it'd be sort of fun to see the Eagles finally win a championship. It'd be fun to see a guy like Nick Foles you know, come in from, from the backup position and do well. So uh, those are a bunch of storylines that are going to be fun to watch. I, I think it's like I felt about the Vikings uh, Cinderella story. It's it's about to burst. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, boy, I think uh, I could go off on a, on a football tangent. Maybe we should turn this into a sports radio podcast. I think we should. Podcast. We should do I another one I, after we this. talk for days. Exactly. But we're not going to do that today. Thank you, everyone, for joining us, for sticking through that terrible intro for this latest episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. My name is Matt Hines. We are here every week live at 11.30 Pacific, 2.30 Eastern, talking about sales and marketing best practices. We are featuring some of the best and brightest minds in the sales and marketing industry. Today is no different. We'll get to our guest here in a second. If you're joining us live on the radio today, thank you so much for joining us on the Funnel Media Radio Network. Very excited to be part of that. We also are joined by a lot of people who are getting to us from the podcast. Uh, thank you for subscribing. You can find us if you're Catching us for the first time, you can subscribe on the iTunes Store and Google Play. And every episode of Sales Pipeline Radio, past, present, and future, is available at salespipelineradio.com. Today, very excited to feature from, from Citrix. We've got uh, the Worldwide Senior Manager of Sales Enablement Tools and Services. It is Eric Spotzer. We're going to talk today about sales enablement enterprise at enterprise scale. And Eric has been a real leader and and a trailblazer in the sales enablement work. So excited to have him on the show today. Eric, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Quite an introduction. <laughs> well, it, well, well deserved. I mean, you have, um, you know, your, your reputation certainly precedes you. The work you guys have done at Citrix from a sales enablement standpoint, uh, combining, you know, good strategy, uh, you know, good, uh, you know, organizational alignment. Um, you know, we can talk about some of the technology tools you guys use as well, but maybe start with, you know, how... Sales enablement isn't exactly something that's been around for forever. Uh, how did you kind of land in this kind of role and and how, you know, talk a little bit about how this has become a, a core focus at Citrix as well. Yeah, you know, um, uh, I kind of fell into this role uh, accidentally, like probably many of my peers, um, where my background was uh, uh, being raised by a teacher who liked to teach and thus enable and a business person. 
person who, who really liked to make money. And I found a natural home in the middle of an enablement uh, organization here at Citrix, and Citrix has been an unbelievable organization. Been here eight years um, of growth, of change, of leading the marketplace and technology in a variety of different directions. Uh, and when an opportunity to join the enablement team, uh, which was not necessarily direct selling, but spreading some of those best practices and teaching to our 13, 1400 person sales organization across the globe. Uh, when that opportunity popped up, I had to jump on it and um, really been enjoying it since. Uh, and I think naturally, uh, as a numbers guy, um, I have a very data-driven background. Mom was a math teacher specifically. Being able to uh, uh, interpret a lot of that at scale through uh, studying a lot of the trends through numbers has been hopefully the secret weapon for me um, and, and hopefully will be in years to come. Sounds great. We'll talk a little bit about <clears throat> Citrix's approach to sales enablement. And I think, you know, you know, you guys are a fairly large organization, but companies, small, medium, and large, are increasingly adopting sales enablement as a function how did that evolve at Citrix, and, and, and you know, how, is, how and where and why has that become such an important focus? Yeah, you know, it kind of hit us by surprise, um, if I were to say so, three, four years ago, when an activist investor took us over, uh, or didn't necessarily take us over, but really took action to change our company um, and improve performance across the board and really turn us on our head and, and force us to change uh, once again. Uh, and, and it has been a unbelievable and great and fun ride ever since. Um, so that was about four years ago. Uh, ever since, they've been looking to uh, for high growth with low risk, as everybody is looking for in this world, um, high reward, low risk. And uh, the way they found it was, um, to your point, is uh, um, uh, trying to create a little bit more of a forecastable revenue and you know what? The, the easiest to forecast revenue is already collected revenue or already revenue under contract. Customers on the contract. So we turned to a subscription model there. Um, so that reduced a lot of the risk associated with some of the volatility in our pipeline. Um, and we're continuing to make that transition into this year as we start to secure customers. But with that and securing customers on an annual basis for annual recurring revenue basis, um, the need to perform just rises that much more. Because mm -hmm. um, they could easily rip your software out and go to another competitor as competition is high. So um, that's been the uh, high growth, low risk uh, rate. And luckily, a lot of our customers have trusted us in this in this transition journey and is already experiencing some of that um, benefits in that journey by by joining with us earlier in the in the phase here. And speaking of journeys, I know that's been important for you from a sales enablement standpoint. And I think one of the reasons you guys have been so successful with your sales enablement efforts is that this isn't just, you know, hey, let's pop some new technology in. And this isn't just, well, let's make it easier for reps to find, you know, content. You guys have really invested in understanding the buyer journey, making sure the right content exists at different parts of the funnel for each customer use case. Talk about, if you could, the, the importance of customer on customer insights and buying journeys to create more consistency and efficiency across the entire sales funnel for the entire sales organization. Yeah, you got it, Matt. And I had a fun time on, on that uh, webinar a couple days ago with you and um, or, or a couple couple weeks ago with you. Um, and it, it's been fun. I think understanding your buyer is probably priority number one. 
um, and creating that relationship and, and considering they took the journey with us to the cloud, we also took the journey with them to understand their business from, from day zero all the way to success and make sure we stay with them to success and beyond. So understanding that buyer's journey um, and, and try to simplify it as much as possible, uh, what we did is we simplified into a six-step process. Um, and we traveled the globe. So step one, we traveled the globe and really just met with customers, met with salespeople, understood their communications as it stood today, um, and documented step one. Step two, we looked for operational efficiencies and efficiency to uh, continue or increase the level of satisfaction for our buyers by changing some sales processes and mapping a whole new sales process on top of that buyer's journey. And then once we did that, um, the last thing was really deploying resources. And some of the resources that people have is content. And I think content is king in this world. It's, it's leverageable. It can be used many times towards customers of similar segments. Um, and our people, I think most importantly at Citrix, is uh, we have people dedicated to success here. And, and people that are dedicated to success with some of those top resources of content um, arming when arming them with the right message at the right time in the right place to ensure customer success has been a, been an unbeatable formula. So uh, we we hope to take that to uh, many many years to come. You talk a lot. I know in the webinar we did a couple weeks ago, and I've heard you talk about it elsewhere. Is the idea of having the right funnel for your business? Can you talk about what that means? Uh, and I think you know a lot of people look. You know you can you can you can buy Salesforce.com, and there's a bunch of funnel stages built right into there, and you can read a lot of books, and it'll tell you what your funnel should look like. What does it mean to have the right funnel for your business, and how have you uh, been able to implement that at Citrix? Conversation nonetheless, and probably more than a 30-minute conversation, but <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> On the uh, on the buyer's journey aspect of things, there's been understanding the buyer's journey as it always starts with and building a sales process on top of it. In a really simplified way is is as I refer to step one, um, and understanding the type of funnel that you think your people can manage. So, for example, an oil funnel is very very wide at the top and very very tiny at the bottom. So there's clearly a bottleneck at the bottom, and, and usually the steps at the bottom of the funnel are financial discussions, legal discussions, solution. Maybe even if you back up a step, you have the wrong technology, or there's a solution challenge there with regards to your technology or your or your product that you're selling. Um, so ultimately, attention needs to go there to open up that bottleneck because you're not closing as much pipeline as you can because it can't get a, come out the bottom. And if it's too wide on top, you have way too many resources focused on way too many customers that you can't actually uh, focus on getting them to the next stage. So I think paying attention to that is one step if you have that type of funnel. Um, the other type of funnel is just a tube. Um, so there really is no leverage across the funnel. It is just one big tube. And whatever comes in the top usually goes out the bottom. Um, that is a 100% customer retention rate and um, and is not a bad business to be in for the most part. Very predictable, um, but definitely not growth and uh, growth generated for the most part. And then which, what is really interesting is a very highly effective strategy is an upside down uh, oil funnel. So it's very thin at the top. Um, you let one or two or very select few customers into the funnel, but at the bottom it is an outpouring of revenue. Um, and it just is so there's goodness, badness to all these, and I think it's about understanding your business and understanding 
what that funnel looks like, what the velocity through that funnel looks like, and what is the ideal velocity of, of what your company wants, what, what is the company culture looking for. Love it. Well, we got a lot more coming up here after the break with Eric Spatzer. He runs worldwide sales enablement for Citrix. So we're going to talk a little more about some of the components that go into making sales enablement great people, process, content, tools, and technology. We're also going to talk about why sales reps should be collecting their old sneakers and what that has to do with some of Eric's passions outside of work as well. We'll be right back after we pay some bills. This is Matt Hines and listening to Sales Pipeline Radio. In a world where the speed of innovation and change in B2B marketing has never been greater, the only thing bigger is the need for clarity, for a blueprint, for a guide to what's really working. And how about a way to apply it specifically today to increase sales pipeline growth, velocity, and most of all, conversion. That's what you'll find in the Modern Marketer's Field Guide. And amazingly, you can download it for free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds, H-E-I-N-Z-M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G. It encompasses the entire sales and marketing cycle, but in quick bursts with lots of specific, actionable ideas, strategies, tactics you can put to work right away, like today. The loaded table of contents helps you narrow in and tackle a problem. And it's something you can come back to over and over again as a reference guide. Why not download your free copy of the Modern Marketer's Field Guide? It's free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds. H-E-I-N-Z, marketing.com. All right, back to Matt and his guest, and I'm really curious to find out. I got lots of old sneakers. I got sneakers that are 20 years old. That may or may not be what he's looking for. I don't know. I feel like my, my wife is always asking me to throw away my old sneakers. Yeah. And I feel like one, well, and you know, I've got the sneakers that I work out and I've got a couple pair that I run in that I track, you know, my mileage because I'm a, I'm a geek that way. And then once they're kind of at retirement age, those become my garden sneakers. So like, it, you know, if, I've got like muck boots if I have to go up into the hills, but like if it's a nice day out, I need something to wear and I use the old sneakers. I understand. But I'm but I'm realizing now after after talking to Eric about this, there may be a better way of using leveraging those sneakers for a greater good. So we'll get to that in a second. Uh, if you like this conversation with uh, Eric Spatzer, he's the worldwide manager of sales enablement services at Citrix. You can definitely catch uh, our, this on salespipelineradio.com. Coming up in the next couple of weeks, a lot of great guests. We've got a lineup of CMOs from some significant fast growth companies we're going to be talking to. Next week, we've actually got the CEO of Outreach.io. We're going to have Manny Medina join us. We're going to take the show on the road. We'll be broadcasting live from the Saster Conference in San Francisco. And uh, I'm definitely looking forward to having Manny join us uh, on the line. But uh, today, we got a lot more with Eric. And, and before we get back to talking a little bit about uh, sort of components of sales enablement success, Talk talk about Got Sneakers and, and why you want salespeople to start collecting uh, their old sneakers. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this conversation. Thanks, Matt. So uh, ultimately, you guys were talking about some, some potential trashy sneakers you have in your closet, maybe 20 years old. Now, if they are deemed trash to you, uh, we just want to make sure you don't throw them in the trash. We want to make sure you recycle them and, and turn them into somebody else's treasure. So um, there is an opportunity for all of us uh, to help with global sustainability out there by exporting our sneakers out to countries in need um, and really helping that micro-enterprise funnel of sneakers across the globe, not just the U.S. The U.S., which happens to be a very wealthy, rich country, uh, has a lot of stuff in abundance, sneakers-inclusive, considering the culture we're in today. Feel free, please, turn them into your gardening shoes. Probably, probably a very good use, but when you're done with those gardening shoes, uh, throw them in one of our bins. 
uh, at Got Sneakers, and um, and we'll be happy to ship them out there. With regards to salespeople, if you guys are looking to either give back to the community or even make some money, we have a fundraising program for you guys. So for every sneaker uh, that is wearable that, that we can ship overseas, we do uh, compensate you $1 per sneaker, and you can sign up at gotsneakers.com. Yeah, I love it. Definitely check out gotsneakers.com. We'll put a link to that in our show notes. And just to just to kind of give you a sense for sort of the scale of both the problem and the opportunity here, like in the U.S. alone, about it's estimated that about 200 million pairs of shoes and sneakers end up in landfills, right? So they're they're done and they end up in landfills. And there are estimated to be more than 600 million people worldwide that don't even own a pair of shoes. And I think you know we talk about first world problems. It's so you know we joke about having too many sneakers in the house and that many people. Uh, just don't even have the opportunity to have any of it. So, you know, with, you know, with one year's worth of shoes, we could literally fit a third of those people with something. So huge, huge opportunity. Definitely check out gotsneakers.com to learn more about it. A little bit more on sales enablement, you know, before we have to let you go here, Eric, I want to talk about uh, justifying a sales enablement focus. I think three years ago, we did our first state of sales enablement study uh, with a with a company in the space, and we actually we could we realized we actually couldn't use the phrase sales enablement in the survey because people at that time there weren't enough people that knew what that was. And now that we're you know we're literally just finishing up the our, our third year of doing this survey, the the industry has matured significantly. Still, a lot of companies, especially early stage companies, that aren't yet doing sales enablement in a formal way. If you had an opportunity to sit in front of VPs of sales or CMOs or CROs or even CEOs, how do you justify or how how do you pitch why they should be investing in sales enablement today. Yep, well said. So I think everybody's still defining it, by the way, and I think it'll always uh, hopefully be a hot term and continuously be a hot term that people will stand behind, but um, continues to be defined as some best practices are thrown out there. The way I would define it is I'd probably start with some business challenges they're having and how they want to change their, their pipeline back to that pipeline conversation, the funnel, um, and really look for that business need first before I start to recommend or, or talk about whether it be a training uh, opportunity or a field readiness opportunity that lives out there or even a content strategy to align with that. So I think it's, it definitely starts with the business um, before I ever start talking about the solution, which is called sales enablement, uh, or at least my solution. I call it sales enablement. I hope a lot of others do. It definitely starts with the business, and, and people define sales enablement differently my definition will change very much to others, uh, but my definition starts with the business by far. And as people start to realize the the importance of sales enablement in the organization, you know, wh- where do you invest first? I mean, I think a lot of people don't necessarily start with a full time sales enablement person. Oftentimes, it's a fraction of someone's job within either either sales operations or within sort of a demand gen unit for marketing. Uh, oftentimes, sales enablement is an outgrowth of what traditionally had been product marketing's responsibility. But where do you get started? I mean, I think too many companies think, well, I'm just going to go buy a tool and that's going to solve my problems. And we all know that's not true. But, you know, where are the initial investments that you recommend people do to see results and to get early momentum internally? Yeah, good question. Thanks for that. And I'm very proud of this, which is you talked about people, process and technology, the three big, the three big rocks associated with business change and business opportunity. And I think it's said in that order, people first um, start with. Start with understanding the people. Start with what the people want, uh, whether that be your customers, whether that be your salespeople. Send people on the road. Get feedback. Um, understand your audience in all ways. And the, 
more you understand your audience, the more impact you can make. Once you start to understand the audience, you can start understanding some processes that they follow today and then invest in some new processes that you can at least train and, and change manage across the organization um, or reinforce some of the good ones across the organization. And then once you get pretty much perfect and highly efficient and effective at those processes with those people, start arming them with technology because that's when, that's when things get dangerous, when growth can explode and sales can go through the roof and, and success is, is gained. And you know what after that? I would say rinse and repeat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just got a couple more minutes here with uh, Eric Fatzer from Citrix. And one of the questions we ask a lot of our guests is, you know, who are some of the sales leaders, sales influencers, sales authors that have influenced you and your using you in your career? And who do you recommend other people pay attention to? These could be people that are dead or alive in any different function. It doesn't have to be just in sales and marketing. But uh, yep. who has inspired you? Uh, and who would you recommend other people check out as well? Yeah, well said. I think it's it's the common ones out there, and and a lot of the data driven ones out there. So the Jeff Bezos of the world that are that are very hot today. On that note, um, uh, whether it be the uh, apples of the world, of course, everybody has leaders, but I tend to pay attention a little bit of the leaders that are closer to me, and I can relate with a little bit more and see some of that secret sauce behind them. So uh, Al Montserrat now at Nuance Communications has been a big mentor for me and has really built the culture over here at, at Citrix um, that is um, fairly unstoppable. Uh, Mark Templeton, the original uh, original uh, mentor of mine, whether he knows it or not, um, built the culture over here. And ultimately, Simon Sinek, the start with why concept is, is something I always ask myself um, and those around me to really understand those around me. But I, I think there's definitely a uh, I try to pay attention to many sales leaders uh, up and around me um, and the future sales leaders, which is the younger generation. I think they're, the younger generation is, is powerful in its own right. And uh, in addition to looking backwards and seeing some of those sales leaders that influenced me, I'm looking forward to looking forwards and understanding from the young how they want to lead and empowering them for the future. Love it. All right, last quick question. Who's going to win the Super Bowl this Sunday? Who? Well, I can't argue with the host of the show, so I, I got to go with Tom Brady. But I, I will, I will admit, I'd like to say it's for the last time and, and see some new reigns come in the show. Although Bill Belichick may be, uh, may be the guy that continues to win ongoingly. I don't know. It's going to be fun to watch. Well, thank you so much. I know you're super busy. You got a lot of stuff going on, but appreciate you joining the show. Eric Spotzer, he is the head of worldwide sales enablement and services for Citrix. Uh, lots of good insights. His answer alone on different types of funnels. Feel like I probably need to go listen to that three or four more times, unpack all the great value in that. So definitely uh, take advantage of this. If you want to share this episode with some of your colleagues and peers, definitely check it out at salespipelineradio.com. We'll have it up there in a couple of days. We will have a highlights uh, blog post of this interview as well on HeinzMarketing.com, including links to GotSneakers.com. Definitely check that out as well. We are out of time. We're going to see you next week. Remember, we got Manny Medina. He's the CEO of Outreach.io. We'll have a great conversation about sales engagement tools, improving productivity of your sales organization from the floor of the Saster Conference in San Francisco. For my great producer, Paul, this is Matt Hines. We will see you next week on Sales Pipeline Radio. Once again, you've listened to Sales Pipeline Radio. Brought to you in behalf of the thousands of members of the Funnel Radio Channel for at work listeners like you. <laughs>